Welcome to Hope Is Here, bringing hope to those struggling with life's difficult situations. Welcome to Hope Is Here. My name is Greg Horn, and I want to talk to you about what do you do when you're waiting on God after you say amen? Uh, I'm sure, like me, there's been times in your life where you're like, you know, uh, man, I've been praying and just God's not been answering that prayer. And I read a book a few years ago, my friend Rusty George wrote called After Amen. And uh, just a really good book about basically this topic. What do you do when you're waiting on God? And it really, really spoke to me. We had Rusty on a couple programs back in uh, 2021 and uh, just got a lot of good feedback. And I've just been thinking, I know a lot of people that are just, they're kind of struggling with their prayer life and thought maybe that might encourage you. So we'll be looking at that over the next few weeks, taking some things from that book and uh, also just some things God's taught me in my 50 plus years of life and hope maybe it'll encourage you uh, after amen, what to do when you're waiting on God. Uh, I remember, you know, when when I was a kid, I prayed. Uh, we pray for simple things sometimes, don't we? Well, I wanted a pair of tennis shoes. Uh, they were Johnny Bench tennis shoes, and uh, this was before Air Jordans, And but this was to me like Air Jordans back then. I was a big Cincinnati Reds baseball fan in the 70s. They called the Big Red Machine. They won World Series in 75 and 76, and for a 19-year-old kid, it was just awesome. And so uh, I prayed I'd get those for my birthday, and uh, I was so blessed that I did. And literally just a couple days after having them, uh, after my prayer had been answered, I got these titty shoes, uh, went down to the lake. My aunt lived, and my uncle lived on Lake Harrington, and uh, took my shoes off to get in the water. And when I came back in, I got out of the water and went to get my towel. I accidentally knocked one of the shoes off in the lake ouch and obviously it sunk to the bottom and of course i'm praying god please help it to come back or float up to the top but my aunt in very loving voice just said i'm sorry greg i don't think that prayer is going to get answered <laughs> and you know i mean obviously as a nine-year-old kid i was really really devastated by that but here's the deal friends you know you and i have prayed for much more important things than a pair of tennis shoes but we've all had the same questions about God and prayer. You know, maybe you're a family that's prayed for a parent to be free from cancer. Or maybe you're a couple that's prayed for pregnancy. You, you want to be pregnant. You want to conceive a child and it just hasn't happened yet. Uh, maybe you're a child that's prayed for your parents to stop fighting and to not separate. Maybe uh, as a church, you pray for God to move in your city uh, maybe as a pastor like me, you pray for your congregation to get serious about following Jesus. Or maybe you pray for God to save your business during this post-COVID uh, seasons of life that we've been in and just really struggling. But I think we all can agree, man, we've prayed big prayers sometimes only to hear nothing in return. So why does God seem to answer some prayers and not others? Do my actions determine his answers? Is God waiting on me to do something? Or should I even keep on asking? You know, some of our big questions, I think, about God include uh, maybe uh, we question God's decision-making. Why does he say yes to some prayers and yet no to others? Uh, we question God's hearing. <laughs> Is he listening? Uh, remember those Verizon commercials? Do you hear me now? <laughs> 
Or, if we're brutally honest, sometimes we even question, does God even care? And then other times we kind of question our part. Uh, man, I love movies, and there's a movie I really liked several years ago called A Few Good Men. Uh, it's a really good movie investigating the death of a Marine that involves twists and turns and, the classic, uh, and classic courtroom drama in it. Uh, there's a great scene where this staunch, hardened uh, Colonel Nathan Jessup, played by Jack Nicholson, who does a phenomenal job, and he's being questioned by Tom Cruise's character, Lieutenant Daniel Caffey. He's a he's an attorney, and he's in, get, investigating something. And Caffey asks for some flight records from Jack Nicholson's character, and it's clear that uh, Colonel Jessup is clearly annoyed. And then finally, Colonel Jessup, played by Jack Nicholson, replies. I will give you those on one condition. Tom Cruise's character, Lieutenant Daniel Caffey, says, okay, uh, what is that? (laughs) Jack Nicholson's character responds, you have to ask me nicely. Well, as you can imagine, uh, Lieutenant Caffey is confused by this seemingly elementary way of thinking to which Jessup then goes on a tirade about how he deserves some respect. You know, I often think of when I pray, I almost picture God saying, you have to ask me nicely. You know, and sometimes we even ask, is there a set of magic words that we have to say in order to get God's attention? Do we need to say a certain number of Hail Marys, Our Fathers, or Lord, I am begging you, to make God uncross his arms, lead forward, and give us what we want when we pray. And I think one of the other questions we kind of dive deep into, we're going to look at over the next few Mondays and Tuesdays is, you know, can my actions after my prayer actually determine God's answers? When you look at the life and ministry of Jesus, you see that he has some very unique instructions for people, not just before they pray, but even after they pray. The ministry of Jesus shows us a variety of people who've come to him in need. Sometimes they get an immediate answer, some have work to do, and some simply have to wait. But all these situations teach us what to do after we say amen. I want you to think about some of the different responses people got after they made a request of Jesus. Get up, take up your mat, and go. Go and wash your eyes. Three, head home first. Four, go and show yourself to the priest. Five, you figure it out. Or maybe stay here. Tell me, why should I? You know, as much as Scripture has to say about what we do before we pray, Jesus gives us many examples of what to do after we pray. Why would Jesus give such odd instructions? I mean, we don't, I mean, Jesus doesn't waste words or efforts, does he? Could it be that Jesus is teaching us what to do while we wait on God? Could it be that the answer to our prayers may hang in the balance of what to do next? Could our understanding of God's actions have everything to do with what we do after we say amen? What do we do while we wait on God to answer our prayers? We're going to be looking at over the next few Mondays and Tuesdays, we're going to be looking about maybe seven things that Jesus tells us to do while we wait. Here's the first one we're going to take a look at. Mary 
early on in Jesus' adult life faces a dilemma. Jesus hadn't even started his public ministry yet. No one knows who he really is except for Mary, Joseph, and John the Baptist. Any followers of his are simply thinking that they're just following a rabbi, a teacher. When Jesus then goes to a wedding and the unthinkable happens, the host runs out of wine. Now, whether or not you think wine should be consumed at a wedding or at all, they didn't have an issue with it back then. In fact, some scholars say that a lack of wine could result in a lawsuit. Back then, wedding celebrations, they didn't just last the reception a few hours after the ceremony with a dance floor and the cutting of the cake. The actual wedding reception party could last for days. After all, a lot of people had traveled far and it was not easy to get there. Not like they had airplanes they could jump on to get back home, right? And so they made uh, the most out of these wedding receptions, getting together with family and friends, because it might be a long time before that happened again. And now, all of a sudden, they were out of wine. So Mary decides to bring her request to her son, Jesus. And this might actually, who knows, maybe it was the first prayer that Jesus heard. And his reaction is actually stunning. Dear woman, that's not our problem. <laughs> uh, I want to say it again. Can you imagine this? Dear woman, that's not our problem. I don't know about you, but I, I can't imagine saying that to my mom. But I do want to give Jesus a little slack. We need to cut him a little slack here. In the ancient language, this would be like saying, ma'am. And basically he was saying, Mom, we were responsible for bringing the potato salad to the reception in this wedding, not the wine. Then Jesus goes on to say, my time has yet not come. We don't know how much time happens between uh, before Mary actually responds to Jesus' response about it's not his problem and my time has not yet come. But we do know that then his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you you got to love Mary's response there, don't you? She doesn't just ask Jesus again. She doesn't repeat it louder, you know? I mean, sometimes we feel like we've got to say a little bit louder or we've got to ask two or three times or something, but Mary doesn't do that. She just simply decides to trust Jesus and wait for his response. I want to ask you today, what is it like, Mary, that you need to just trust Jesus and wait for his response today? I know there's something that came immediately to mind as soon as I, I, I posed that question to you. And I want to let you know, friends, that just like with Mary, Jesus understands. It goes on to say in John chapter 2, verses 4 through 11, Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, Fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, Jesus said, Now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed Jesus' instructions. Verse 9 of John chapter 2 says, When the master of the ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants knew where that water and now wine had come from, he called the bridegroom over. He said, A host always serves the best wine first. Then, when everyone's had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. 
This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and the disciples believed in him. You know, as we look at this passage in John chapter 2, verses 4 through 11, I think a key phrase is when the jars had been filled. You know, God is faithful not just while we wait, but also while we work. Could it be God is waiting on you today to fill some jars in your life? I want to encourage you today to keep working while you're waiting. To keep working while you're waiting. And I know we don't like to do that. I don't. I know sometimes that when I think back where I've prayed, and yet I know that uh, now looking back, this is so true. That while we are waiting, uh, you know, just because maybe you don't like the job that you've got right now, this doesn't mean that it's time for you to quit that job abruptly. It means maybe it's time to update your resume on Indeed. Maybe it's time to have lunch and breakfast with a couple of trusted friends. And I know I had to do that a few years ago when I was in a really, really challenging season of life. And uh, I met with somebody and uh, just wanted to need to take a break from ministry and uh, planted that seed. And a couple weeks later, they called me and said, hey, we need uh, some adjunct professors at our university and wanted to see if I would be interested in teaching. And I wound up teaching for three years and really just loved the teaching experience and working with college students and having some influence on their lives and being a light in the darkness. And, uh, you know, but I kept working while I was waiting at a job I really, really did not like. And God just faithfully provided. But sometimes we just got to keep working while we're waiting until God opens that other door or answers that prayer. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, but if you've been blessed by this program, I hope that you'll share it with somebody else, and I hope that you'll join us again tomorrow as we continue looking at After Amen, What Do You Do When You're Waiting on God? My name's Greg Horn, and this is Hope Is Here. Thank you for listening to Hope Is Here podcast. To listen to one of our previous programs or to make a tax-deductible donation, please go to our website, hopeishere.today. That's hopeishere.today. Did you know that Hope Is Here is also available on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter? You can find all of these at Hope Is Here Lex. Also, check out the daily one-minute Cup of Hope, available on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. That helps you keep your cup hopeful. To find out more information, go to our website, www.hopeishertoday.org. That's www.hopeishertoday.org.